podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. I'm back. I've got rid of my rabies. I'm feeling fit and healthy. I'm not going to bite anybody tonight. Um, And I'm feeling really happy, which is what you're going to feel at this stage of the season when we've just done what we did on Saturday. Anyway, joining me, as usual, is Mr. Philip Daniels. Good evening. Good evening. And we have him... Or afternoon. Or whatever it is. It's Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of late to mid-afternoon, early evening. And joining us is the newly mustachioed Mr. Gary Hayes. Thank you, Phil. Can you mind if I sit next to you? He's been giving me winks since he saw my face furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Winks? What are you trying to suggest? (laughs) Good Lord. I mean, you know, it's it's all so smooth everywhere. And then... I know. The moustache. Is this some sort of new style... Or do you think it's November? November <laughs> man. I, I just thought, you know, Chelsea playing PSG, I should go all Kevin French. Kevin Wilson. And, yeah. Kevin right. Wilson, that's roll, it. Roll back the years, yeah. Is I'm, it? I'm a bit chubby like he was as well, so <laughs> there we go. So, so this is part of your Gallic appeal to the French then, to let us win tonight? Yeah, I've been eating garlic and baguettes and... Great, there's nothing <laughs> like a bit of stereotypical <laughs> nonsense coming out of this podcast straight away. So... Anyway, how's it going, Phil? All right, good. I um, I went to see the Who on um, Saturday at uh, the Empire Paul Wembley. It's not called that anymore. It's called the SSC Arena. Packed it was, and after I went to see, um, I went backstage after to see Roger and uh, Alan Edwards. The PR said, "There's hey, a footballer coming down, a Man United player. He loves the Who. A Man United player loves the Who, and he's coming backstage after." And it was Juan Mata. Oh, no. Juan Mata loves the Great who. guy. Him and his uncle, he had his uncle with a Who t-shirt and his girlfriend, who was stunning, by the way. I had quite a long chat with him, and what a lovely fella he was. Mm. What a shame he don't play for Chelsea anymore. He plays for Man United. They'd just been beat by Sunderland. He'd driven all the way from Sunderland to Wembley to CDU. So, good on you, Juan. Oh, that's good. Did he talk about... Leaving Chelsea at all? Did he uh, mention that he didn't I like... I think Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols went past him and went, Wee, what do you do leave Chelsea for? <laughs> and uh, then it was sort of, he didn't say... I didn't really push him on that because no. it was a kind of nice sort of evening and I didn't really want to delve, didn't want to take the piss and sort of talk about football too much. It could no. be good if Jose goes tonight because we might get him back. I'd love no. to see him back at Chelsea. Would you have him right back? out the door, wouldn't he? As soon as Jose comes along... Jose got rid of him in the first place. Absolutely. So. Who would I have back? That's that's a whole podcast. It is. Well, who would you have back? There's one plan for PSG tonight. I'd have back right away. Oh no! <laughs> Straight away, I'd have him back. Who's that? There's nobody loves him more than me. Oh David yeah, Louise. David Lewis. No one loved him more than me. This the man who hates Oscar as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> he I mean, likes David Louise. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't mind a mistake. I do not mind a mistake. I like He had heart. that flamboyant, so I'll give him that. But oh, he's, he's bit cold too much class. I mean, what, PSG are brilliant with him. Anyway, I hope he has a bad game tonight. <laughs> with any <laughs> luck, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's interesting, you know, because we're at that stage of the season now where we're sort of, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was reading this article. I don't know what you guys thought of it. Um, but it was talking about the fact that 
that for now, the most important thing for Chelsea is the FA Cup, not the Champions League, that the FA Cup is the route to Europe. Now, surely, if we're looking in this modern age, the one thing probably Chelsea don't want if they're going to A, get a new manage, manager and B, start rebuilding is a Europa League place. Wouldn't it be better to finish ninth or tenth or whatever and be done with it? You know, I mean, I love the idea of being in Europe, but it just doesn't work for, for sides anymore. So what do we think about that? Isn't actually tonight's game the most important and not the... Yeah, I think it's Champions League or bust to a certain degree, isn't it? I think the FA Cup would be great for the silverware, but not for a European spot. And in the Europa League, we've sort of been there, done that, haven't we, in terms of winning it in 2013. And um, I think if you're looking at, you know, we can talk about the Thursday to Sunday, which is no different Wednesday to Saturday, but I think playing in the Europa League for the type of player you're trying to attract, I think you might as well not be in Europe. You're not, you're not making money out of it. There's a lot of fixtures because of the, you know, the, the amount of groups there are. There's an extra round. Um, yeah, I just don't think it'd be beneficial for Chelsea. You know, if we're looking to blood new players in the summer, you're trying to attract bigger names and you don't want that stigma of being in the, the Europa League. You might as well just have it that, You've got 38 league games to play and you've got the FA Cup and the League Cup and don't let you know, Europe get in the way. Obviously, the Champions League's worth it because you've got the money, you've got the prestige of being in it. Well, the press are always half saying now, aren't they, that the ship's half down. They're all trying to swim out of the side now, Hazard and stuff, saying, well, you know, PSG could be in the Champions League next year and Chelsea might not be. Mm, just on that Hazard point as well, that the issue being is if players are really thinking like that, it's them who have got Chelsea in this position. You know, so they, they, they don't think like that, though, do they? It's, you know, the fans haven't put them there. The, Abramovich hasn't put them there. It's the players that have got Chelsea in this position. So the players have got the duty to get them out of it. And I yeah. think that come the summer, whoever does leave, it's, you know, no matter how talented they are, good riddance because you don't really want players hanging around the club that are just there for the, you know, wanting to play in the in the elite competitions. Do you know what? If there's any big names leave this summer, I'm actually going to hate them for the rest of my and their lives. <laughs> Because I, th- I think you're absolutely right. You know, yeah, OK, look, we know that obviously things w- went wrong under Mourinho and a lot of that is down to Mourinho and the way he is. But at the end of the day, the players have taken us to this place where... And we, we should get, get on in a minute to talk about Newcastle. But, you know, there was some moments... OK, Newcastle were awful, but there were some moments of true magic and class on Saturday um, against Newcastle. And, again, that's the players deciding to play, isn't it? I mean, how do you view it so far this season? Well, you know how I view it. I just don't rate our team at all at the moment. Uh, It's a good team. I see it as bits and pieces all playing together and kind of the the wrong kind of combination to be any good. I mean, hopefully, to be any good against a decent side, to be an ordinary side, I think they can be all right, as long as William's playing well. Um, and you know, moving them forward. Apart from that, we don't seem to be have any cohesion, as Bill Shankly used to say. No, yeah, I think there's a there's a complete imbalance in that in that squad that Jose started to weed some of it out and add players in that fitted into his mould. But then the lack of activity in Jan- uh, sorry in last summer just really put him back a season. You know, and you, you look at it now that. Hiddink's playing the same system, but more because he has to rather than... Yeah, yeah he's only got those players. But yeah. there are things that are changing. Now, for me, I think we've had the most interesting week for changes because I actually think we're going to end up with a back four that is going to be different to what it was only seven days ago out of injury, really. 
And I think it could work in our favour. Yeah. I actually think, and I've been saying it for a long time, Ivanovic was always bought as a centre-half, was a centre-half, and he just got ended up put out right back because they wanted him in the, the side because he gives everything. Now, he's, no, he's not been any good, and he's still not been great at right back for most of this season. In the last few weeks, he's still been turned. He's always been you know, caught out. I think moving him into centre-back could be absolutely perfect. Gary Cahill, suddenly he's got a new lease of life. Cahill knows that he's basically got the rest of the season now in charge. Yeah. He's, he's there. JT, who knows what that injury's like, you know, how bad it is or whatever. It was bad enough for them to take him off and he's not gone to Paris tonight. I think Ivanovic and Cahill could just be what we need because suddenly we'll get Dave over at right back where he's always should have been playing. And then Rahman, okay, he still gets turned a bit inside but he's getting better and better, and his touch is fantastic. But I think just looking at it as well is that um, you can look at defensively what, what it's going to offer us in terms of Cahill and Ivanovic being that pairing tonight and maybe on Sunday against City. But then I think going forward as well, we're going to have a bit, bit of an extra, you know, different dynamic that, you know, to what we've had where you talk about a balance of uh, Aspilicueta on the right and then Rahman on the left. But going forward, Rahman is, you know, so much better than Aspilicueta on that left because obviously it's his natural position and you see him, he plays like a winger. And yeah. I think, you know, against a team like PSG, they wouldn't have been expecting us to set up like that. And we're maybe going to ask questions of them that really we wouldn't have wanted to ask in the first place, but that they're not going to be expecting. And I think maybe sometimes these little things happen in terms of injuries and it makes a team do something that you weren't expecting and you get something better Well, Bayern Munich in the final, I don't know who played centre-half that day. Well, we had Cahill and David Luiz playing, yeah. but they were both injured. They were both injured. I mean, it was, it was all... I mean, it was... All hands to back, the pump. And backs was, to the wall, yeah, wasn't and you, it? Yeah, and you had Ryan Bertrand, a left-back, making his debut in the Champions League final in, in the Champions League. In midfield. Playing, <laughs> yeah, playing on, on the left. But yeah. um, it's, it, an interesting thing about Aspilicueta as well is that um, I've got a friend called Ed who's a... Bournemouth fan, but closet Chelsea fan, really. And uh, when he set up um, Traore for his goal on Saturday, he just texted me and said, that's why Aspilicueta needs to play right back. Because you saw the way that he linked up well, Traore passing the ball out wide anyway. But the moment the ball came, his instinct was first time cross, was Ivanovic seems to diver. He seems to get he the ball He has to always then, open himself yeah, so much Aspilicueta, that quick ball in, just allowed Traore to come in late and you know, make, you know, expose that space that the defenders had left and you know, tap the ball in. But... I think that's going to be interesting to see against City and, and PSG. Gary, don't say nothing against Dave because Kerry... Oh, no. No, I love Dave. No, I think Dave... Just don't say because Kerry is very, very... I think he's getting a bit... Raving around the mouth. <laughs> getting a bit raving. He's, he's very, very yeah. in love. Yeah, but, you know, Dave actually has been one of the best left-backs and he isn't a left-back. But you're absolutely right. When he gets to that moment to cross, he never does it. He invariably <laughs> tries to cut back, get it onto his other foot... But, but when you see, him, you see on the right, him on the right, he does it instantly. You know, that first-time cross that Traore benefited from, that yeah. on the left, he, you know, oh, natural, he's oh. naturally hindered. Isn't it lovely? He? Oh, see Kerry's smile. <laughs> Valentine's Day was on Sunday, Kerry. Oh, don't worry, Dave. But he's got, even got a, a red microphone as well. That's Billy so. Red, red microphone. What's that? <laughs> you know, oh. Red heart. Oh, and for oh. Spain. And, oh, my God. You're the one with the moustache that looks like that. <laughs> we'll be putting a photo up afterwards. So you can, we'll, we'll judge. Actually, we will have a... a a little judging competition on Twitter on the moustache. Should it go or should it stay? <laughs> what do you think, There's Gary? a song in that. It gets there might be. It gets slaughtered. We can't do that. <laughs> no, we won't do that. <laughs> I'll get slaughtered enough as it is. So. <laughs> but no, I, I, think, I think it could be interesting, you know, getting Ivanovic at centre-half. I think we've got a balanced back four suddenly. 
because of what's happened. Well, it depends. It depends. I mean, I mean, we still could get roasted. Against, yeah, it, it, they're up against it. Yeah, tonight because of that big fella that they got up front. That's a sort of. You know, a law unto himself, what a player he is, you know. I've never rated him. But in saying that, he, he doesn't really do it in the Champions League. No. Can we say that tomorrow morning? If it's no, I, I know, you know what? I'm ta- <laughs> they said that when he played England. He never does it against England. He's touch four, four yeah. We can't touch Wood in here, but touch four, Micah, because yeah, you're I right, mean, he doesn't do if it. We're talk- are we talking about this game then? Uh, well, no, we'll, go, we'll talk. Are we not? No, I don't think we should, really. No, let's go back to Newcastle, because that's where it's all stemmed from. Um, you know, I mean, it was... I don't know if you got to see it on Sunday. I, I've only seen um, the, the gut. I, I've seen the highlights. Um, what was the team? It was the Courtois usual. Courtois in goal. Started with um, Ivanovic, uh, Cahill, Terry. Cahill got Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Matic, Fabregas in uh, the pivot. William. Sorry, it looked like Phil wanted to say something. No, no, carry on. I'm just... All right, um, and play. then yeah, and then uh, it was Hazard on the right, uh, William through the middle, Pedro on the left, and then uh, Costa. No Oscar. No Oscar. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a bit of an ankle knock, but I'll tell you, seeing William play through the middle, just you know, completely, just a different. He had a good game again. Yeah, you know, and again, it was a different type of game. I think as well, just the, the way that for that first goal, the way he skipped past Tiote and he sprinted through into their half, but then he had the the vision and the know-how and the confidence to slow right down to allow Costa to get into position for My that, girlfriend came to see pass. the Man U game of me, and I know he put a few passes astray, but for someone who kind of doesn't see Chelsea, like, shit, he's good. Yeah. William. Because mm. when he does it, something happens, you know? I think as well, it's just a general endeavour in that... Well, he, he runs make, back, he, he tracks back, he, he tries to make, happen. you know, I mean, for God's sake, he's given penalties away because he's tried to help out. You know, and other people say, oh, that's a forwards challenge. You go, yeah, but the point was, he got back to try and do yeah, something. Yeah. You know, he, he, I mean, his battery is, is relentless. Oh, he's playing yeah. like he did when he played against us for... Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar yeah. In, in the 2012-13. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, he went, yeah. oh, he's a player. Yeah. And he really looked at it. No, I think he's been fantastic. I'll tell you who I thought had a quiet game, but he's obviously still not fit. It's Hazard. He's not, he's not right yet. You know, the, the shimmies and things, you see flashes of it. But he, he's, he's not there, and, you know... I, I think it's a confidence thing as well. And, yeah. You know, when, when you saw he, he got in behind the defence near the end of the game when it was, it was 5-1 at this point, and um, he just totally miscontrolled the ball, and it looked like oh, he, he tried a little it. flick past the keeper, yeah, and he trod on the ball, and it went wide, and he should have scored. But I think just not having that, you know, that confidence in his ability to get the ball down and actually go round the keeper and put it in. Knock him out, that's what I say. Would you sell him? Leave him in Paris tonight. Yeah? <laughs> what the hell? Have him. I wouldn't yeah. sell him, no. You would. No, I, know I, you I think it, what it comes down to with Hazard is if we're going to get the money for him, you know, in terms of what we want, you know, you're talking the you know, ridiculous fees of 80 million or whatever you know, the headlines are. But I think if Chelsea can get that sort of money and they can invest it properly in that squad, I think it'll be worth it. But if they're not going to get that money that's going to allow them to bring in a player of equal class, maybe for a little bit less, where some money can be spent elsewhere. Then you want to, you know, you want to keep holding. Well, money's a funny thing, isn't it? Football? What's the, what's the like point? Luis went for fifty-two million, and they don't. Uh, it's like unless there's some sort of fair play in it all. But uh, I don't you think, can you know, spend if, what you like, can't yeah, you? Exactly. Money don't mean anything. No. If, if we were to sell um, Hazard, and then we we're able to tempt someone like Griezmann from Atletico, plays in a similar position, you know, different player but still operates in a similar area of the pitch, who's got that craft but scores a lot of goals and has got that end product. I think you know Chelsea. You're missing Hazard, but you're replacing him with something you know of equal ability. 
I think that's where the issue is, is whether they take that money and then they invest it badly, like we've seen you know, Spurs do you know, a few years ago when they sold Bale, what Liverpool did with Suarez. You know, I think if Chelsea can get that money and actually do something with it, then it'd be worth the sale. But yeah, if, if they're just going to take it and not do much with it, then it's pointless. They might as well keep hold of him. They've, they've got the contract with him. They've got the power. Well, the Mark or M&R like No, no, sure. The, all, well. all the contract does, it, just, it protects the club. Just, yeah, it allows but you so to sell him for the, big money. The, the club's yeah. got the, the power to allow him to go on their terms. Yeah. You know, if he I wants agree. to go, let yeah, him go. So, who's gonna let... buy, so who picks the players that we buy? Your good friend, Michael. Michael, what's his name now, Phil? <laughs> Aminiala, uh, Amalulu, Eminola. But you know, right, all right. I'm fed up of listening to you getting it wrong. It'd be interesting to see who comes in as the manager as well, though, because I think you know, um, Eminola has some sway. But I think you know, you you see the negotiations that have gone on with John Terry, where the club have said that they want to wait until a new manager comes in before they offer him anything, and I think that's telling in terms of the way they're trying to structure it and the way they're trying to run it because they're not going to give Terry a contract unless the new manager wants him. So that'll come into it as well, whoever they get. I think that's, you know, there's there's something about that whole JT thing. Look, I want him to be there next year. I think he'd be great for having around the club, whether he plays or he doesn't play, whether he's an influence on the young players, whatever. But, you know, there is something about this whole sort of um, negotiation or non-negotiation that I don't think gets said enough. You know, I know he's going on about there's no fairy tale ending for me. I've said it before. Well, wasn't it a fairy tale ending in a way to win the league last year? You know, especially when you see where we are now. Also, are the club, you know, not negotiating or are they suggesting that perhaps he has to take less money to play? You know, these are things that are all part of it. I don't think it's as black and white as JT not not. being offered a, a contract. The problem is, I think, is JT, whether it's this season or next season, he's got to go. He's 35 years old, he can't play forever, right? That's a taken, but whether you have the clear out, a big clear out at Chelsea, it's who does it and who comes in. It's very scary, that, because we could go tits up, you know? Yeah. With who does it and what sort of thing happens at Stamford Bridge. Uh, I think the issue with the John Terry situation isn't about John Terry the player, it's John Terry the statesman, if you like, in terms of They've got rid of Jose this year and then you take Terry out and you've completely and utterly diluted everything the club's been about for the last 10 years. And you look at that dressing room and you think, who's there to carry it on? Who's there to carry it through? And there isn't a standout captain. I'm not saying... Put your check. Well, that was Abramovich, wasn't it? He he, he gave the green light, but... But he didn't want to stay, did he? He wasn't going to get it. But uh, yeah, just just going back to yeah, you, you, you look at you look, sorry. You look you, you look. you look at. <laughs> sorry, Phil just gave me that look. He gave him that up. look and pointed at him. It was like really should be the goalie. <laughs> but um, you, you look you look at the Chelsea squad and it is lacking that leadership and you know the, the the sort of players that can really be there for this transition has been going on for too long, and I think you need players like John Terry around to bring new guys in and you know indoctrinate them in the club and everything else that comes with it and he might not play every week and he's got to accept he's not going to play every week but then his role changes and he plays a different part like you know everyone goes on about it but there is an element of truth to it in terms what, of what like gig. Brian, Brian Ricks at Man U or whatever his name oh, is yeah. yeah exactly that guy the one, the one who's <laughs> got Brian Giggs Phil not really Brian Ricks he was the, farcical he was the top man <laughs> top actor but you know I, I just oh, think you, 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 look at what, you look at what United have done with him and he's continued that 
that tradition almost, you know, they've had in, in more recent times, whereas Chelsea have allowed Lampard to go, they've allowed Ashley Cole to go, Drogba's gone, Czech's gone, now Terry's gone, and they haven't really replaced it with anything else that's got any, you know, that's going to sustain the club, and that's where the issue is. Do you think there is a point, though, that actually sometimes, it was like the last days of Dennis, Emperor Dennis, you know, at, at Chelsea, there comes a point where they have to go because everything's just got set in such a way. Well, that's that... what I say, the new broom... <clears throat> But it's scary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure, it's, it's scary. It was... But it's about having something in place so that when he does go, there's something there, which I think they were looking at with John Stones. I'm not saying he was John Terry's replacement, but, or should have been, but I think you look at what they were trying to do last summer and getting him in, there was always, you looked at it in the long term and that he was coming in and that was phasing John Terry out. But what did they do? They signed Papi Gillibodji instead, and now he's on loan to Werder oh. Bremen. and. Who, who Chelsea, you know, if John Terry goes as well, Zuma's out for six months. He's not going to come back 100% fit for the start of the season. So you've got to look at rebuilding that defence because you're going to have Matt Miazga, untested 21 year old. What's from his name? Matt Miazga. That should get you. And <laughs> who re elevated? Up what, Jake Clark Salter? Yeah. I know, but then he, he's so young that are you expect him to oh, come in and play ele- every week. Who's elevated? Jake Clark Salter. He's come up from the youths. And, yeah. And like, I mean, that's a hell of a step for him because sure he's is. never even been bandied around. No, but then, again, he, he, he's a young player that is spearheading that under-18s team at the moment, yeah. you know, in the FA Youth Cup, and he'll do better from going out on loan and spending a year playing men's football. You, know, you, expect, you can't expect him to come in and play immediately for, for Chelsea. The when... thing is, Mourinho, the problem is, we change like the weather at Stamford Bridge, don't we? Mourinho was brought in to be the Ferguson of Chelsea, wasn't he? He yep. was brought in long-term to build a dynasty. And now it's all gone and wrong. All the it's club all don't know gone what wrong. Doing. Nobody quite knows what to do, yeah. do they? Well, it went wrong from the, the moment we went and lost 4-2 at Red Bulls in pre-season this season. I think Miazga was playing that game, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. Well, you remember, I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> After that game, which we lost to their basically their reserve side, because they had a league game or yeah. something coming up, I've never seen Mourinho so upset and so angry after a pre-season uh, friendly. Uh, and I thought then something was wrong. Yeah. And maybe he got wind of it knowing that he wasn't going to get the players that maybe he wanted or maybe he hadn't picked right or, you know, I don't know. But something has been wrong. That was such a difficult one to judge as well because they had only been back for a week yeah. and they'd been doing their double sessions and they did look, you know, like blown out their arse by the end of it. Yeah. So you couldn't really judge it. It looked like more like a fitness exercise. But I know what you mean in terms of... But Mourinho was absolutely it's like say Something didn't feel right. He wanted to have a go with the referee about something. He go hold on, this game doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah. But something had, had clicked in him and it never, ever got back on track. Yeah. And I, I think you can put a lot of these problems down to how you get your pre-season sorted out. And I think ours was dreadful. We didn't win a game. No. Didn't exactly. win a game or pre-season. And Hazard has talked about how he never started the season fit. He's never had so many niggling injuries as he's had this year. Um, everything's just been, I think, badly organised. And I think that's been our main problem. Is, is just bringing it up to, to date with you know, what we're seeing now, I think it's slowly coming together. I think um, Hiddink's certainly steadied the ship. I think everyone was expecting him to come in and I think in his first spell he won 10 games in a row or something yeah. like that. And it was a different team, I know, but everyone was expecting him to do something similar. But I think he's, you, know, you see the way that he's been playing with a handbrake on almost with Mikel and Matic in the middle there. He's really just tried to steady it, stop them conceding, stop them losing games. And he said in his press conference on, on Saturday that 
now's the time to start going out and winning games, which is what they tried to do against Newcastle and obviously see the result. But then I'm not sure how good we were and how bad Newcastle were because it was a strange game, wasn't it? That There were so many mistakes yeah. that you're not sure whether that was Chelsea making them or whether it was Newcastle you know, just throwing the game away in, term, you know, in the way that they can and the way we know they, they do. Well, it does breed confidence. I mean, obviously, Pedro will take a lot of confidence from... Took both of his goals really well. Yeah, no. And then really messed up that one that was probably the easiest chance of the lot. Well, the one in the first half he had as well, when yeah. Costa was fuming, he didn't square it to him, yeah. and he shot straight at the... Yeah. Um, I think it's Rob Elliott, their keeper, isn't yeah. it? He shot straight at him. But I think, you know, they're, built, they're building blocks at the moment, and they're, they're going somewhere, which is why I'm feeling a little bit confident going into this PSG well, game. I, absolutely. And, and I'd say, <laughs> for me, the, the, two of the main, main issues have been him sorting out that midfield defensively. You know, Mikel's come in and done a pretty good job. Uh, Matic is still not where he should be for me, but it may just be the way the season's panned out for him. But I think the key has been the way Costa's led the line again. The runs that he started making, Fabregas is picking him up, Williams picking him up. And Costa, I mean, actually, it's almost satanic the way that he gets the ball in the goal for the first goal against Newcastle. Because if you look at it, the angle it goes at, it shouldn't even have hit the target. It suddenly loops round and bends. It was his best touch of the year. Oh, it was fantastic. The thing is, he's, he's, on, he's laying down as he flicks it past yeah. the keeper as well. It was just that, one, the confidence to do it, but also, you know, be, be, getting himself in those positions that he just wasn't, you know, the, the looping run that he makes, the, the endeavour to get It was Vardy-esque. <laughs> Vardy-esque. God, who would have thought 18 months ago you'd hear that kind of a statement? But, I mean, it is. I, I, I think he's been one of the major keys to us sort of getting almost back into it. There's eight goals in ten games, isn't it? Yeah. And mm. all of them have been proper, proper... I think with them as well goals. is... Um, I was, I was looking in, Andy might like this, but I was, I was looking into some of what those goals meant. In t- you know, they're not goals when it's two or three nil. You know, he's won us five points, just him by himself, you know, goals that have been decisive in the time since Hiddink came in. And that was ahead of the, the Newcastle game. We'd only won 12 points under Hiddink in the league. So for him to be winning half of our points under Hiddink, you know, close to, just shows, you know, the level of performance that he's at in terms of the way he's raised his game and everything else. And he's scoring goals at big moments in games as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Andy there, but and because going back to your Quadrophenia <clears throat> discussion, you talked about Alan Edwards. Um, did you see the the Music Moguls program on BBC no, Four? No, he keeps telling me to watch it. Yeah, well, he tells everyone to watch yeah. it, Andy. Yeah, basically, Andy was on this Music Moguls, the PR um, gurus, basically of the music industry, and he's in it. And I think the first line he says in it is basically, "I'm paid to tell lies." So does that mean we shouldn't believe any of his stats? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, just putting it out there because Andy, being a music mogul, is out in Antigua at the moment, you know, having a very nice time. Oh, so, I thought he was in Paris. No, 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 he's in Antigua. He's looking for a bar to watch the game in Antigua oh, tonight. I'm sure he'll find one. He's found one already. Uh, have you heard from him? Yes. Oh, that's nice. So at least you're keeping in touch then. That's well, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, have a nice time over there, Andy. Um, but yeah, I, I think tonight is going to be, you know, okay, that's Newcastle done and dusted. I, I think great performance, but it is what it is. But I think it does set us up for an interesting time. I have this theory that we're going to play better tonight because we're playing against a better side than we have done all season. I may be wrong. How do you view it? Well, it depends. I mean, yeah, I've got, you know... We've got nothing to lose, really. 
I mean, because we're the underdogs against them. I mean, if we can keep, you know, this is a time to play match. And, um, and yeah, it's a Mikkel, shame Matic is suspended, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a time uh, to try and get an away goal and not lose by too many and maybe nick something over there, you know? The concern can. is... Sorry. But they've got to play. You know, your Fabregas's have got to play tonight. You know, if Oscar plays, your Oscars have got to play tonight. If Pedro plays, he's got, you know... They've all... They've you, all got to show what they're really about. Yeah, you need 11 players on their game tonight. You can't have any passengers. And it'll be a bit annoying if they do. Because you think, why ain't they doing this every week? Yeah. But anyway, I'd like to see them play well tonight. I think the concern is, is that, you know... It's been well documented. This is the third year in a row we've played PSG, and on both both occasions we've been really poor in Paris. I was I was there last year for the game, and um, we went one nil up through. Uh, I think it was Ivanovic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yes. Ivanovic, and um, it was at a time when a lot of our defenders were scoring our goals, and they just seemed really lethargic, and they you know didn't really look up for it, and yeah. you know PSG really you know ran rings around them at times, and uh, Zlatan had a good game, and you know I think Courtois made a couple of good saves. But um, yeah, we just never turn up. And then when we we were one, it was one one two years ago. And then right at the death, you know, David Luiz, Phil's mate, gives away that free kick, and then makes a you know, fluff of clearing the ball off the line, and then goes two one. And then um, Pastore scored that ninety first minute goal, didn't he? And they, they just seem to collapse, and they just don't really travel well to Paris. It seems these last couple of years, so they really need to go there and be yeah, a and, lot better than they have been. And I also think last year, if we'd have been braver at home, we'd have won that tie. Yeah. You know? I think that came down to... Um, Mourinho. Yeah, but also the, the state of the squad. You know, we, we'd been saying leading up to that that you, know, you could see that mentally they weren't really as switched on as they had been you know, up, up to that point in the season. And even with 10 men, PSG, the work rate and the way they'd set up just you know, totally you know, had Chelsea They wanted perplexed. it more. Yeah, I mean, and I hate saying that about any side but, when but they're it's, playing it's, us. It's also oh. the, some of the problems we've seen this year where... Um, you know, when Cahill scored that late goal, we just thought, yeah, that's it. You know, they're going to see this game out now because I think it was like 10 minutes to go. And they, they allowed David Luiz to score that goal from a corner, which was just really sloppy from Chelsea's yeah. part. And then, and then Hazard scores that penalty to make it 2-1. You think, right, that's it. The game's going to close out now. Extra time. PSG are, are dead and buried. And then they throw it away at, at the death. And it's just been, since then, those problems just keep coming back to haunt Chelsea. Yeah, you wonder if it's actually that wasn't actually one of the major turning points last year is that maybe they suddenly realised they're not as good as they thought. You know, because that second half of the season was painful anyway. Uh, and maybe that was one of the key things that actually they've realised their sort of own mortality, really, and that they're not demigods. They are a bit. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Demigods. But, you know, they, they need to get something about them tonight, though, and they need to get at them. Well, yeah, out, out, out and at them. Out and at them. And, of course, you know, they've got... See, they, they, <coughs> at least they haven't had a nice clear run in now with this um, full-back nonsense with yeah. Aurier or whatever his oh, name is. Yeah, he's yeah. had to ap- apologise. Well, they, but still, I love Van der Veel playing. He's... He's you know, dodgy, though. We nearly were in for him, apparently. Yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's a capable player. I think the one, the one thing we've got going for us this year that we didn't have in the two years before is that we've got a striker on form. Yeah. You know, um... Two years ago, we had Torres and Denver Bar and Eto. Last year, Costa was just that was it. The season was over. You know, I think he scored like twice, didn't he? In, yeah. Between Chris, uh, Christmas and the end of the season, and um, this year is going to be interesting. You know, him coming up against David Luiz. You know, there was a few handbags, weren't there, in the second leg at Stamford Bridge? Yeah. 
Um, to be interesting to see how those two come up against each you other. See, Costa for me, he's not doing that handbag thing at the moment, and I think it's working. He's letting people know how good he is by being a striker. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's standing up to people, but he's not doing all that stuff off the ball. He's not niggling in the same kind of way. He I seem switched on. Yeah, he does. Is... He seems to be up for it. Now, whether that's because he's hoping he'll get a move at the end of the season, so he might as well look good. Who knows? All we can do is just think about this year. If it turns out that every single one of our players goes because they want to go, so be it. We'll, we'll end up with a new team, a new squad, and that'll be Chelsea. But for the moment, we've got to you know, see what they can do. And there's always a good player around the corner. There's always a You good. know, we've had Zola, we've had Osgood, we've had Hazard, you know. David it, Lee. There's always someone, David Lee. John yeah. Hollins. John Hollins, yeah. Holly, Holly. Yeah, we've had a few. One good matter. Players. One matter. Your mate. Yeah. Uh, um, so okay, if you if you had one player that you sold in the last ten years that you could have back, who would it be? I'll let Phil go first. Oh, okay. uh, I'll have um, David Louise back. Okay. Okay. Without doubt, it'd be matter. For I, me, I, I, I just think I was chatting about it to someone recently. And, uh, and matter. I, I just think that if he had stayed for the. The two and a half, well, the two years he's been gone now, I think he had the ability to get onto Zola levels in terms of his relationship with the fans. I think um, you see him after the Chelsea games when he played there last season and this season. He's he's got a lot of affection for the club still. You know the way he waits by the tunnel to you know embrace every player. Yeah, you know it's very unique. And uh, I'm sure Phil found out when he met him on Saturday that he's, he's lovely, really nice guy, really humble. You know, and um, not only that, he's a really talented player, and it's a shame that at United he's been played totally out of position. And I think you just look at, you know, I know it's a highlight reel, but you look at his highlight reel for what he did for Chelsea. You know, some of the goals he scored were just amazing. You know, yeah. the goal against Arsenal, that volley against United, and Chelsea. You know, in that number ten area, we're, we're missing a schemer. You know, someone who can act. You know, do what he. You know, imagine having Fabregas behind him, Matter in the middle, and Costa. Yeah. You know, up front, and then. You know, let's say we're just talking about the players we've got now, that you have Pedro and Hazard outside of them. You know, that team would have so much more creativity in it that well, we're I really thought lacking. Mourinho thought, obviously, Oscar would go on to be that player. A player. That player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose the player I'd have back would be Iron Robin. I wish we hadn't sold him. Mm. You know, he was irritating at that time of his life with his injuries and things. But, you know, what a player. Yeah, outstanding. You know, it's that goal a... against Newcastle, the pace, just to get the ball on the halfway line and go and just, you know, just scare defenders. Just burn and, up and, and that season away. as well, we were, you know, the goals we were scoring and we were putting teams to bed in the first half hour of games yeah. because of him and Duff. That's right. All right, lads, that's, that's enough it. of all our yesterdays. Oh. Okay. What other. Sound like Liverpool fans, don't we? Ian St. John. Kenny. Okay. Here's another just off the wall question. If Leicester don't win the title, which they Arsenal won't. or Tottenham? Oh, Spurs any day. Spurs any day. Spurs any day. <laughs> See, I don't hate Spurs as much as everybody. I mean, I don't like them, of course, but, you know, I just think it would be the funniest. Well, the funniest thing in football would be Leicester winning the title. I love the idea of that. But the funniest thing would be the year Arsenal have been told this is their year to be beaten to it by Tottenham. Just for the amusement of wandering around North London on that day would just be extremely entertaining, I think. But uh, be interested to see what people say on Twitter about that. Yes. Uh, what I like about Arsenal, though, is that um, 
the way the fans go through that site, it's like the circle of life for an Arsenal fan. You know, up to November, they think they're going to be great and they're going to win the league. They have a bad November every season. And then it's Wenger out, Wenger out. They start getting a few wins together. In Arsenal, we trust. And then they get to like, it's, it's, the dips happen a little bit early this year, but they get to like March, April time. They wobble and they drop down to fourth. And then it's all the same problems again. And, you know, and then in the summer, we're going to spend and they get all this enthusiasm again. It just goes round and round and round. They're just the most deluded fans. Yeah. You know, and they, they just don't see it for what it is, though. You know, and I, I don't know. Chelsea fans get a lot of criticism for the flag waving and stuff. But then I was watching the game on Sky on um, on Sunday, and they they kept going back to these on the fans on the corner. They kept going back to these same group of fans, and they, they must have been about sixty years old. And the way they carry on carrying on for the camera just epitomised Arsenal fans. I thought, you know, if Chelsea fans are plastics. Then trying to think of a polite term for Arsenal fans, but don't be polite. <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, the way they were and the, the yeah, it's just the whole delusion around that club in that they've got this belief in that they play football the right way and that they're... Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going worry, off on one. Don't worry, we know what you, we know what you feel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, back to tonight, you know, I mean, um, it's going to be a tough old experience, uh, I think. Um, but I do think we are going to be, hopefully, pushing ourselves to the limit. Um, who do you hope starts in that three behind Costa? Um, oh, it's, I, it's he'll true. probably pick Oscar, won't he? I think because if um, he'll feel that he'll work a bit harder than Pedro. Um, Pedro's going to be on the bench. Uh, get him up and down. Um, William and Hazard? Yeah, I think so. Loftus-Cheek. You think you'll play him? I'd like to see him. I think put Loftus cheek in and not Oscar. Wow, ain't gonna happen. But I like your thinking. I'd it's... like to see him with. Um... Do you like him in this number ten role? Loftus yeah, I think I think he looks good in it. I think you know against MK Dons. I know it's only a Championship club and a struggling one at that. But that ball that he put through for Oscar to score his second, you know, really well timed, well weighted. But I think just given that he's such a physical player that you know he's a unit that if you put him in there alongside Mikel and allow Fabregas to play further forward. Because that's the concern, is that if Fabregas has to start defending against the likes of Matuidi and um, yeah. Verratti, they're just going to eat him up, you know, like Verratti did last season. So getting someone physical in there. God, I'd just like to say, there was a bloke playing for um, Leicester, Kante. Kante, yeah. He was like Ramirez when he was good, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> it's, just, it's like looking at Ramirez he's again. A, he's a really good player, isn't he? <laughs> Apparently, um, Arsene Wenger scouted him when he was a 10-year-old, he was saying, but he decided not to sign him. <laughs> just one of the many players Wenger turned his back on. Yeah, but can we look at all the players he did sign that have been absolutely useless? There's a huge <laughs> stack of them that he's bought in Africa. William and, Gallas, and one of them. And, well, yeah, I'll, you see, I have mixed emotions about Gallas. Um, I thought he was great. He's a man with very mixed emotions, William. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's very true. <laughs> have we got to predict this match? Well, we have. And, and who have we got at the weekend? We've then got Man City in the cup, haven't we? Oh, is it a cup match? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why I don't want to. That's why you don't want to. I'm not saying you don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, it'll be an interesting game, though, you know, because they they say they're going to put out a reserve side against us because... Well, if they can't beat Tottenham at home, they might as well put the reserve side. They, they need, they need the, the FA Cup, though. Yeah, in ter- no, in terms of if they're looking to, for silverware, which is what 
they're trying to build in terms of that club being successful in the way that, that Chelsea have been, you know, they need to get... I know they've got the League Cup coming up, but you don't want to turn your back on the FA Cup. No, Any team but, that says, I'm sacking the manager halfway through the season for another manager... It's wrong, isn't a it? a yeah. club. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, but the whole of it's been a disgrace. I think Guardiola, what he's done... If I was a Munich fan, I'd be saying, get him out of the club now. I don't want him there. You know, if he said, oh, I'm going for a new challenge now that I haven't actually done what I set out to do here. Well, he's still got until the end of the season. Yeah, to do, maybe. But... They ain't going to win the Champions League. Um, and I really hope they don't. Because I'll, say, I'll say Chelsea are going to win it. So. <laughs> but <laughs> on, on that note, as it's Champions League night, I do seriously think that um, Chelsea are dark horses for it. I think that... <laughs> No, so dark, we're no, right in no, the shadows. <laughs> but no, I like it. No, no, but, I'm with see, you. but the reason being is that um, I think because the nature of it is cup football now, where I think these players are this, the way this squad's set up is maybe more suited to it in terms of um, you know they, they don't have to go out to try winning games as much as they do in the league because the league is all about the points and trying to get our tally up and you know and even when they're winning matches they're only moving up a spot or you know they're still yeah. hanging around mid table so psychologically it's a bit heavy on them. You know, that burden, but I think in the Champions League and in the FA Cup, it's one off matches. And I think in one off situations, this team can match most teams. Yeah, if they can be bothered to play, I, I'd agree with that. You've got to get David Luiz to chop Costa a few times around the box. Get him sent and William off. to be on form and it, it, well, get one free kick in the back of the net. He's, yeah. he's had five goals in the Champions League this year and four of them have been free kicks. Yeah. So there we go. Well, you know, I, I, think, I think it's an interesting Cup week. And I, I, think, I think there's also something interesting about the, the, this whole. City thing, which it doesn't affect us, but the way TV controls. I mean, if I was Man City, you know, I'd be a bit annoyed that, you know, you're going to Kiev and you're having to play the last match on a Sunday afternoon when you've got to do all that travelling. TV does control everything. Okay, that's the nature of what the football clubs did when they signed these multi billion pound deals. They don't actually own their own game anymore. But, you know, we don't support in this country our teams in Europe. Not in the way that they do in Spain and in France, where often if there's big matches coming up, they'll let them play on the Friday or whatever, or Saturday morning and give them as much time off as possible. Do you think that makes a difference? Do you think we should be doing something about it? Um, Well, it it won't happen, will it? Because it's run by TV companies. And, um, you know, Sunday afternoon, Friday night, everybody goes out for a drink, don't they? I don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah, that's, that's uh, true. But, you know. uh, but I, go, I go to the theatre on Friday night. Well, you. Have you been to see Philip? My ass. <laughs> <laughs> he can't look like Kevin Wilson and go to the theatre <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> you know, Kevin Wilson's a double glazing salesman now. So is he? I think I found my new my new route yeah. in life. Um, just one big pain. Just one big pain. Oh. <laughs> But just um, totally transparent. Just, just, go, just going to the TV though. I think that City have got the same issue that Chelsea have had. Is that we played the last game on a Saturday night, and we're playing in a much more difficult tie against Paris Saint Germain on a Tuesday. So City, I know they've got to travel more, but you know we, we've seen what Kiev are like this year. Yeah. And I think you know if we can turn them over, I'm sure City can. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just don't. I, you know, it is in, an interesting point that we don't support our teams in Europe. The FA doesn't make any moves to doing it, and TV rules. But if that's the money you take, then that's how it is. Yeah. But we'll see. It's obvious that Hiddink, again, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, he'll do this, he'll do that. He's just trying to put out most of his side, isn't he? So 
um, you know, it's it's going to be a top side again, and that'll be it. So yeah, I suppose we should do predictions for Paris Saint Germain. What do you reckon? Well, I went first last time. So. Oh well, <laughs> Gary can go first. Last night I said one-one, but um, my mood's changed, so I'm going to say two-one to Chelsea. <gasps> That's what I was going to say. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go one-nil Chelsea. I'm, you know, cheat. I, ca- I can't. Uh, um, I can't really two do all. anything. What for? Man City. Two all. I thought you just said something. Oh, two all. Okay. That's blimey. Me being optimistic. Are we, doing, are we doing first goal scorer as well? Well, God, yeah, blimey. I'll have a bet then. <laughs> <laughs> first goal scorer. No, we don't have to, unless right. you can feel it in your waters. Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson. <laughs> I've got that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and then, uh, yeah, the, the prediction for Man City. What do we think? I'll go first. I'm going to go 2 1 Chelsea. And Phil's going to go for... 4-2 Chelsea. 4-2 Chelsea. 3-0 Chelsea. Oh, what a week we've got ahead yeah. of City are on the ropes. They're going to play the, the reserves. Excellent. Chelsea need it. Oh. They should have good reserves, Man City. Let me tell you that Yeah, much. they should. Well, the money yeah. they've spent, the players they've got. Wilfred Boney. Boney M. Boney M. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. He's proven himself to be a complete waste of 32 million or whatever. Oh, you've it? just put the spokes right in it. Hat trick for Boney. Sorry, everyone. Taxi well, for Before I'm beaten to the pulp here by these boys, but I suppose we better go, really. Yep. So we shall see you next week. Next Tuesday, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Next Tuesday, you can say it. Happy then. birthday. Oh, thank you. Sorry, if Chelsea do lose to a Bonnie goal, I'll um, shave my tash off just for you, Kerry. <laughs> Hold on, if he doesn't... <laughs> That's what it's going to take, <laughs> Wilfred. Yeah, mate. Look, I've got a favour. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Cheers, then. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.